Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Okay, if you've got a Bible, turn with me, please, to the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to go for chapter 24. That's the last chapter in Luke, so it's right near the end of the story of Luke, okay? Luke's a, Luke was a doctor, and uh, Luke was a doctor who um, he spoke to lots of people who had been with Jesus. He didn't know Jesus himself personally, but he spoke to lots of people that had been with Jesus, and he compiled all their different accounts together, and he wrote down Luke's gospel, okay? So that's what we ended up with when we got the gospel of Luke, written by a doctor. So very specific, very detailed very very intelligent all right so we're going to look at three different people three different people today in this resurrection story so i'm going to read a little bit preach a bit read a bit preach a bit read a bit preach a bit pray okay, i'll say that again read a bit preach a bit read a bit preach a bit read a bit preach a bit pray okay all right are you ready here we go let's read a couple of verses from luke chapter 24 verses 1 and 2 on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to stop there, okay? I'm going to read it one more time for you, and we're going to stop there and talk about it. On the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. On the first day of the week. What day of the week is that? Shout out wherever you are. You can stay on mute or come off mute. What's the first day of the week? It could be a trick question. See, we, we think it's Monday, but the, for the Jewish people, it's Sunday. Their week starts on a Sunday, okay? So it's a Sunday morning, just like today, which is why we're celebrating Easter on a Sunday morning. So they went to the tomb. Who's they? Well, it was a bunch of really special ladies, disciples, ladies who followed Jesus, who loved Jesus so much. I mean, I thought one of them was called Mary Magdalene. And I want to just think about her for just a moment because Mary Magdalene, she'd met Jesus. Before she met Jesus, she was in a bad way. Um, the Bible says that kind of her, her life was full of darkness, that, that all kinds of things was going on in her life that were bad and sad. She was a troubled woman. And it says that when she met Jesus, Jesus set her free. It was like she was living in a prison. It wasn't an actual prison, but in her head, in her heart, in her soul, it was like she was in prison. And when she met Jesus, he set her free. That's what the Bible says. So she loved Jesus so, so much. And that probably explains why she was one of the first people to come to the tomb on the Sunday morning. I want you to think about it for just a second. She's on her way to a tomb, which is covered with a huge stone that she'd never be able to move. And her and her friends, one of the other gospels says, on the way to the tomb, they're talking to each other. How are we going to move this stone? They've got no plan for how to move the stone. They've got no power to move the stone, but they're still going along and they've got all these spices with them and they're going to wrap up. They're going to get, they're going to help wrap up the dead body of Jesus with all of these spices. Why? So that even though he's dead, he smells lovely. Why? Because they love him. They love him and they just care about him and he's changed their lives. And I want to just say something here that's going on. They're doing something quite crazy. It's before the sun's even risen, so it's dark, so early. They've got out of bed really early. There's no way they can move the stone. They've got no plan to move the stone, but they're still going. Why? Here's why. Because they love him. Now, 
when you love someone, you sometimes do crazy things. When you love someone, sometimes you do things you don't quite understand and it's a bit nutty and people look at you going, why are you doing that? And you go, oh, that was a bit embarrassing. But you know what? I love them. I just love them. And the thing about Jesus is this. He loves us so amazingly and so powerfully that when we, when we experience his love in our life, do you know what? We love him back. And we end up doing crazy things with Jesus sometimes, things we don't always understand. But our heart has just been like, it's like it's bursting with love for him. And so I want us to think about Mary and her friends on the way to the tomb. Crazy. Doesn't make any sense. But they just love Jesus. They want to be near Jesus. And even though they think he's dead, they still want to make him smell lovely. That is the power of the love of Jesus. And when you know the love of Jesus in your life, it makes you want to do just devoted things for Jesus, amazing things for Jesus, even though sometimes you haven't even got a plan. You don't even know exactly how you're going to do it. And sometimes you even look back and you go, oh, that didn't even work out exactly how I wanted. But you know what? I did it because I loved him. And I want to say to you today, if you've ever done something for Jesus that didn't work out or was a bit crazy, but you did it because you love Jesus, well done. Well done. If you can think of anything in your life that hasn't been totally successful, but you did it because you love Jesus, that's amazing. That's successful. And he will reward you for that. So that's the first people. Second people, let's read on. Verse four. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in shining, dazzling clothes. And as they were frightened, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? I love that line. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to, to the eleven and to the rest. So they, 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 they get there, this huge stone they could never move, it's been moved. And they go, what's happening here? What's going on? And before they can find out what's going on, there were two men dressed in the shiniest clothes. You think my shirt is bright? This shirt isn't bright. You should have seen what these guys look like. It was, it was supernatural. It was like, it's described in one of the other gospels like lightning. Their appearance was like lightning. Have you ever seen lightning in the sky? Lighting up the whole sky. Their clothes were like lightning. They were full of heavenly glory. And suddenly the women are like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And they fall to the ground and they, they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say. And they're terrified because you know what? These men aren't normal men. They're angels. And what are angels, you say? Well, angels are part of God's heavenly creation. He's got a creation on earth, us, but he created, he created beings in heaven, angels. And they're glorious and they're powerful and they live in his presence face to face. And so when they come to earth, they're filled with the shiny glory of God and they're terrifying. Because they're so, so powerful and so full of glory. And they make us feel really, really small and really ordinary. And so Mary and the women, they're bowing down thinking, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then the angel says this. I love this line. Listen to this line. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why are you looking in a tomb as if you're looking for a dead person? He's not dead. He is alive. He is alive. I'm going to say he's risen. And when I say he's risen, I expect to hear a lot of people say he's risen indeed. He is risen. 
living among the dead. He is alive. You know, you can look for Jesus in all kinds of places. You know, lots of people, they, they've got these special tombs where they go and visit. Special tomb. Millions go to visit the tomb of their spiritual leader because the, the body of the leader is in the tomb. Christians hardly ever go and visit the tomb. In fact, no one really knows where it is. Why? I tell you why. Because he didn't stay there for more than a few hours or a few days. He was out of there. He's alive. This is totally unique. No one ever beat death. Nobody has ever beaten death. Jesus has beaten death. This is absolutely astonishing. And, you know, I want to say to you today, if you're looking for Jesus, if you're looking for Jesus, I tell you, you're not going to find him anywhere dead. You're not going to find him anywhere dead. You're not going to find him in drugs. You're going to, Jesus says, I've come to bring life to the full. You want life to the full? You won't find that in drugs. You won't find that in kind of, I don't know, trying to please other people all your life and, and just living to make other people happy with you all the time. That's a, that's a dead thing. It's good to love people well, but if you spend your whole life trying to please everyone, that's dead. You won't find, you won't find life to the full there. You won't find Jesus there. You won't find Jesus in the occult. You won't find Jesus in the New Age. These things are dead. They're dark. You won't find Jesus there. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? If you want life in all its fullness, you come to Jesus. You say, well, how do I find Jesus? If, if I can't see him, how can I find him? Well, this is the amazing thing. You know, there was another one of Jesus' disciples who saw him just after he rose from the dead. But because he saw him, he said, wow, I'm going to worship you. Listen to what Jesus said to him. Jesus said to him, you believe because you see. He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Wow. Jesus said, there are going to be people who have never seen me face to face, but they'll still believe. You say, how? How can anyone believe in Jesus without seeing him? It's this thing called faith. And the Bible says Jesus is the author of faith. You know what an author is? An author writes things, which means that Jesus writes faith in our hearts. Jesus opens the eyes of our heart, not our physical eyes, but the eyes of our heart, so that we can see him and go, wow, there he is. I can see him. And one of the Bible writers put it like this. He said this. He says, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. You can't even put it into words. You can't even put the happiness into words. But you, even though you don't see him, you know him. And someone says, how can you know him? You can't even see him and say, I know him because I know him because I know him. He's opened my heart. What can I do? And when you know, you can't pretend you don't know. Or if you do pretend you don't know, after a while, you have to stop pretending because it doesn't work. When you know, you know. And you see, there's a way of knowing Jesus which doesn't involve your physical eyes. But it involves this gift of faith that Jesus brings into our lives. Maybe you're here today and you think, I, I don't feel like I know Jesus like that. You know, there were a lot of people in Jesus' time who actually couldn't see with their normal eyes. And, and Jesus healed so many of them. He reached out and touched them. And it was a bit of a picture of the fact that if you know that in your heart, you might think, my spiritual eyes don't work. I can't see Jesus. If you say, Jesus, heal me. I want to see you with my heart. You know what? He's the one to do. He loves doing things like that. And so today, this Easter, don't look for the living among the dead. You can know him. You can know him by faith. And I say, how do I do that? You pray, Jesus, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to know you. Finally, we're going to finish now with this. Verse 9. Returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the, to the 11 and, and, and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, remember those women, the mother of James, and the other women with them 
who told these things to the apostles. But listen, but the words they said seemed to them like an idle tale. They didn't believe it. It just seemed like nonsense. I mean, what are you talking about? What are you on about? But Peter, we're going to end on Peter. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. He hadn't seen the risen Jesus yet, but when he looked in the tomb, he wasn't there. And, and what was amazing was the clothes that, the, that, that Jesus had been wrapped in all folded up, sitting there neatly. He, could, he was absolutely amazed. But he noticed this. There were 11 apostles and they were like the leaders that Jesus assigned. And they heard from the women who had been at the tomb about this amazing thing and the angels. He said most of them just thought, oh, that's nonsense. And, you know, there's something about this message about Jesus that can make us feel Say, bit weird. Can it be true that he rose from the dead? Can it be true that he died on a cross and took all of the punishment for the bad things I've done? Is that really how I can be right with God by Jesus dying on a cross? It can sound so strange. In a kind of a doesn't sound like a normal thing for people to say. And then that Jesus rose from the dead, and, and, and that if I put my faith in him, I can have new life. And, 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 and know that my sins and all the bad things I've done are forgiven and washed away. And know that I now know God and know him forever. That's extraordinary. That's the most amazing. But it can just sound odd. Look at what Peter did. Peter said, this sounds strange. But I want to find out more. I want, I'm, I'm not going to just sit here and go, that's strange. That's odd. I'm going to dismiss that. Peter was different from the others. In that moment, he said, no, no, no. He rose, which means you come on, you've got to get up, you've got to do something. And he ran to the tomb. He really wanted to know. And if you're here today listening, you think, I've got this hunger in me. I've got this hunger in me. And I think, what, 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 do I, what do I do? What do I do? I tell you, do something. Pray. Say, Lord, I've got a hunger in me that this might be true, that you might be real. If this is so, show me. He loves to give gifts. He loves to open up eyes he loves to make us brand new he loves to give people new life jesus loves doing that and here in this story peter went away going man this is amazing now at this point peter hadn't seen jesus jesus was going to appear to him a little while after but at this point he just knows something amazing something extraordinary is going on there is there is something is there's something that's happened here which is going to change everything now, I want to end by saying this. Over the last 2,000 years, and that's a long time, over the last 2,000 years, millions and millions of people have discovered that Jesus is alive. Not just that he, he kind of, after he died, he sort of floated up from the tomb as like a spirit, but, no, but that he physically rose from the dead and that he overcame death. Millions of people put their trust in Jesus. And found that they've found that they've come into a relationship with God as a result. Have found that they live with the joy of forgiveness and their, of their sins and their conscience on the inside, just being totally clean. Have found just the joy of new life. Found friendship with God. Have found being part of God's family, the church. They've discovered it, and it's been so amazing that when it's been time for them to die, it's just really, in many ways, been like falling asleep because they know they're going to just be with the Lord. 
There's been no fear about death. They've not been panicking and worrying. They just know, well, this my last breath in this life is going to be my next breath in the next life. It's an amazing thing, this gospel. An amazing thing, this message. And I want to end today by just giving anyone a chance to put their faith in Jesus. Could be that you're three or four years old. Could be that you're 53 or 54 years old. Could be that you're 93 or 94 years old. Could be that you've you've done a few little naughty things, but you, you know, you, you haven't lived a terrible life. Could be that you've lived an awful life. I'll tell you, because of the cross and the resurrection, because of Jesus, today you can know total forgiveness and new life. I'm not saying how, it sounds so complicated. It's, no, it's, it is so, so simple. You say, Lord, I believe in you. I simply trust you, Jesus. I just give myself to you and trust you. I want to be a friend of God and I want to follow you. And if that's you now, I want to just, I want to be quiet just for about, just for a few seconds and let you pray that. So you just say, dear Jesus, oh, I, I trust you and I want to follow you. If you say that from your heart, you know what? He'll hear you and he'll come and he'll make himself known to you. The Bible says that whoever calls on his name, he will say. If you call on the name of Jesus now, as I'm quiet, as I'm silent, he will come to you by his Holy Spirit and you'll start a new working. Just be quiet for a few seconds. Lord, we want to honour you today. Thank you, Lord, that even though we can't see you and we haven't seen you, we know you. And we're filled with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Thank you that you're so kind and generous and faithful that you walk with us every day of our lives in the good times and the bad times. Thank you, Lord, you never let go. You never let go. Oh, no, he never let go through the calm, through the storm. Oh, no, you never let go every high and every low. Oh, no, you'd never let go. Lord, you never let go of me. Thank you, Jesus. You're wonderful. You're kind. We honour you today. We bless you. We lift up your name. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Shall we say amen?